0: is
1: I think what goes on is that because the desire to pay our bills is so strong we actually never think about how work or how vocation impacts the world that we live in. And I want you to think about it because I don't believe God wants you to throw away one third of your life just to pay for your toys, just to pay for the bills. I believe God's got a purpose and a plan in work.
0: In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to talk about how the original plan for man included work. Have you ever thought about God's plan for your work? It's a blessing for you, and it's a part of his plan for you. Do you work just for the paycheck? Or do you see God's design inside the work you're paid to do? Even in the Garden of Eden, man was given work to do. It's part of what God had originally designed for your life and for mine. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Genesis chapter 2 as he begins a brand new message called How the Journey Began.
1: You know, sometimes it's really important for us when we're trying to get our eyes and our hearts focused. We need to go back to the beginning and remember why we started doing certain things in the first place. It's like something that I often tell married couples, something that Lynn and I, we don't always do it, but we've done it often. That when a couple gets married, that on their anniversary, they should go back and they should watch their wedding video as part of their anniversary ritual. Why? Because there was a reason you got married. And what happens in life is that life is messy and challenging and things happen and there gets water under the bridge and if you're not careful, you forget that there was a time that you were totally in love, head over heels in love for one another. So sometimes you need to go back and revisit the very reasons we've done certain things. Like, I know for me, when God was calling me into the work of ministry, I'm so grateful that I spent a lot of time journaling at that time. Because being in ministry, if you've ever spent time in vocational ministry, sometimes ministry is just hard. Sometimes you're like, what am I doing? Why did I do this? Right? Why am I here? Right? But then you go back and you read why I took the step of faith into ministry. And it's a great reminder, because what happens is, is that over time, mission creep happens. We end up losing sight over who we are and what we're doing it and why we're doing it. And So you have to go back and you have to look again at what the plan was. It's a good thing to go back and say, okay, the original, the framers of our country, they wrote these things for these reasons, right? So sometimes in order to continue going forward, you have to go back and you have to See why things are the way that they are. And I thought that in this series that we're doing, this field note series, we're talking about this vital information on the journey of faith, right? And I thought to myself, you know what might be the most vital information for us? To go back and look how this journey began. Like when humanity began, what was God's plan? You know what's amazing when we're gonna do that today? It actually blows your mind what God's plan was. Like, So often, we haven't even thought about what God's plan was in the beginning, and so we don't even understand why we're experiencing what we're experiencing. So I want to share with you a special message here from Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 18. So go ahead, pull those Bibles out, open up to Genesis chapter 2. If you're new to the Bible, this might be the easiest message for you to find. And the reason is, is when you open your Bible, the very first page of text, Genesis chapter 1... Genesis 2, 15, 18 is either on that page or if you just make turn one page, it'll be on the next page. It's on the very first page, either the front or the back of the first page of your Bible. Genesis chapter two, verses 15 to 18. If you're part of our internet campus, we love you guys out there on the internet. Don't forget, open up another browser window. We want you to be able to read along. Now, Genesis chapter two, verses 15 to 18 actually happens after the creation of Adam, but before the fall in the garden of Eden. So this is Adam at this point. And by the time the text ends, we're not going to see the creation of Eden, but we see that this is what's going to happen. But it's before everything got messed up. So it's almost like humanity in its ideal state. That's what we're going to see. So look at these verses. So Genesis chapter two, picking up in verse 15, it says this, it says, then the Lord God took the man, and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And verse 18, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Now, what's beautiful is in these four verses, I'm going to give you four field notes, four things for you to think about. Now, I want you to notice verse 15 says, Lord God. Verse 16 says, the Lord God. And verse 18 says, the Lord God. So this is all things that God has done. Even though I'm going to give you one from verse 16 and one from verse 17, I'm going to take them in two different pieces. This is all that God had done in regards to the life of Adam. So these four field notes and What's beautiful is I think that all of this is going to speak to each one of us right where we live because we're all living the same stuff. So notice what it says first in verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Now, the word the man, it's actually the Hebrew word Adam, which we get our word Adam. So some of your translations says, and the Lord took Adam and some says the Lord took the man. It actually means the same thing because Adam's name literally means the man. So if you have a little boy, you want to name him Adam, you're calling him the man. But just do do with that what you want to do. But notice that the Lord God takes the man, takes Adam, and what does he have him do? And put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Now this is powerful, because what this teaches us is that vocation matters. Vocation matters. See, God created Adam and gave him work to do. Now, this is kind of shocking because it's not every day that you hear someone says that God gave you work as a blessing. Someone's like, huh? Seriously? Yeah, seriously. God gave you work as a blessing. I mean, there's a part of us that has a tendency to think that, you know, work is work because, you know, everything got broken And that really, in the ideal state of humanity, in this beautiful innocence that Adam was created, God just gave him like a a sofa with unlimited channel surfing and nothing important to do. Doesn't that sound kind of like heaven a little bit? What's interesting is that in our culture, it sounds like heaven, but according to God's intention, God created us. And work is part of the way God created us in its ideal state. So you have to think about your job. Now, here's the thing. You realize that you spend one third of your life working. By the time if you add it up on average, the average American will spend 90,000 hours working over the course of their life. Now, I didn't do that math. I just pulled it off the Internet. And if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, right? But the idea is literally the average American spends almost nine hours, five out of the seven days a week working, which ends up working out to about one third of your life. And I'm here to tell you that God did not create you and give you one third of your life to work so that you can be a weekend warrior. And there's a lot of us right now, you're hearing this and you're like, I am a total weekend warrior. I mean, I just like, I can't wait to get to Friday or to Saturday, because then I can have fun and then I have to go back to the grind tomorrow. And I, really what I want to do today is I want you to rethink work. Because what we learn here is that God gave Adam work as a blessing. Now, the inherent rub that we have is that for many of us, we work because we want to pay our bills. I'm not knocking paying your bills because, in the Bible says, if you won't work, you won't eat. But I believe from this text that God has a greater purpose and plan in us working other than just paying our bills. And I think what goes on is that because the desire to pay our bills is so strong, we actually never think about how work or how vocation impacts the world that we live in. And I want you to think about it, because I don't believe God wants you to throw away one-third of your life just to pay for your toys, just to pay for the bills. I believe God's got a purpose and a plan in work. Notice, he put Adam in the garden to tend and to keep it. That word tend is literally the word that we get our word, serve it, to labor for it, And then to keep it or to take care of it speaks of protecting. Now here's the question. Do you see work as a way to glorify God? Is your vocation, is the work that you do, do you know that God has called you to it and it brings God glory? Now listen, I believe that for some of you here right now, You're just doing a job because you started doing it, and you hate your job, and your job really has no eternal significance to it. And if that's you here today, I'm gonna challenge you to pray about changing your job. Why, because I'd be a lousy pastor if I didn't. And I'm not saying everyone needs to go into full-time ministry, no. But you just have to know that the job that you're doing, the vocation that you're doing, You were created by God to do this, and that God is leveraging whatever that vocation is for the furtherance of his plans, not just the furtherance of our kingdoms. Because vocation matters. It matters. I think for some of us right now, you are actually doing exactly what you were created to do. You're actually getting at the thing that God called you to, but you aren't leveraging it for God's glory. You're actually doing the right things, but with the wrong motivations behind it. How do I know? Well, listen to Colossians chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. The Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Now, I think for some of you, and this might be true of maybe the younger generation, All you know how to do is change jobs because you are always looking for the grass being greener on the other side. And I'm here to tell you, Paul tells us that we need to do our jobs as unto the Lord and you let our bosses and our companies get the benefit. See, so I think for some of us, we just need to learn how to work as unto the Lord because our work's primary function is to give God glory, not to pay our bills. But I also think that there's some of you who you just do what you do because you can make money doing it, and you're really mailing in a third of your life. This reminds me of my friend Jeremy. Grew up with this guy. This, you know, I'll tell you his story. It's actually a beautiful story. So me and Jeremy went to college together. He was the kind of guy who, like, when you met him, like, instantly everybody loved Jeremy. He's just like this great, gregarious, kind guy. And so he graduates from school, and right away he gets a job selling advertising. You know, and before you know it, a couple years later, a couple jobs, he's making a quarter of a million dollars a year selling advertising for the New York Times. So he's like 26 years old. He's making almost a quarter of a million dollars a year. And by all accounts, he's like getting it done. Except for the only problem is, is that Jeremy thinks it's completely lame that he just sells advertising for the New York Times. Like, you can make the case, listen, you know, people are selling advertising and, you know, I'm making a good living and, you know, I'm there. But there's something in him that's like, I was created for more than just selling ad space to a beer company. So Jeremy did something that was unique in a culture like ours that values money above all of the things. He decided to quit his job and he went back to school and he got a master's in education, and now he makes $70,000 a year, impacting the lives of teenagers. And I'll never forget the day that Jeremy's, when he was making this change, and, he, and he's like, hey, you want to hang out? We went on a hike, and he was telling me, you know, and I'm like, I'm like so what are you going to do? He's like, man, I'm going back to school. And he's like, and I'm ne- I'll never make what I made selling advertising, but I just don't want my life's the story of my life to be that I just made a lot of money doing something that means nothing to anybody. And I thought to myself, man, right on, dude. And I'm here to tell you, my buddy Jeremy is an amazing teacher. He's having a huge impact. But Jeremy made a decision that is not normal in the world that we live in because he realized his vocation matters and his life and the work that he does in life is important. But the question for you, you have to ask, is what about you? Are you just working a job because you can make good money, you've been doing it for a while, or is this what God created you for? I'm here to tell you, if I didn't challenge you to take those steps of faith, I'd be a lousy pastor. I'd be a lousy pastor. And I realize it is a step of faith. Step in the unknown, you know. And I also feel like I can say this to you because I had the same experience as my buddy Jeremy, a little different. Because many of you know my story. I grew up, I wanted to be a musician, and I was, I got out of college, I was playing music professionally. I mean, the first year after out of college, I think I played over 300 shows that year. You know, that's how you make your money as a musician, you just play a lot, you know. And I remember after a couple years of doing that, and I was on the road and all these different things, and the whole music career was opening up, I just had this vision of. Fusco on the cover of Bass Player magazine Just looking like a boss You know It's like an upright holding electric like, You know And, and I, I'll never forget it because You know I tried fasting I never, I read about it in the Bible and never tried it and, 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 I, and I started asking the question God what have you created me for And the Lord showed me He's like Daniel I, I've given you music as a gift But I've actually have Something else for you to do I want you to we need to pursue the ministry of the word. And I remember how terrifying that was. Because it's like I had all the, like I I had a job, you know, like I was paying my own bills and this thing was all opening up. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to be a pastor. Like what? You know? And I turned, I literally, I turned over a promising career to go be an intern at a church where I worked 40 hours a week for $500 a month. And my rent was 500 bucks a month. So pay minus tithe, I was already behind the eight ball. But you know what's amazing? God was in that move because he created me. Not that music's bad, but God had created me for something different. And I wonder how many of us, what you're doing is not what God created you for. It's just you're doing it because you know how to do it. And I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. I want to encourage you to seek the Lord and not be willing to just, well, I just do that because that's what I do and it doesn't matter. It does matter. Your vocation matters. It's one third of your life. And God cares about it. And God gave you work as a blessing. But your work will never be a blessing if you're willing just to accept doing whatever you do for the highest bidder. Does that make sense? So vocation matters. God gave Adam vocation before the fall. Now, from there, look at what happens. It says, and the Lord God, verse 16, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Now, when you think about the story of God and Adam and Eve in the garden, nobody ever talks about the fact that God gave them Permission. I like to call this permission granted. See, in the garden, God gave Adam liberty. Before there's even any sort of prohibitions, there is liberty given. Out of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat. Now, my friends, listen, God has granted you permission to enjoy this life that he has given you. Now you might think, well, really, you know? But man, this is a field note that's super important. That God has blessed you. God has granted you permission to enjoy. I mean, like, you gotta realize that the Garden of Eden wasn't like some little, like, urban farm and like a little corner of a lot. This was paradise. Right? And he's like, you can eat anything that you want. It's all yours. And my friends, have you received and stepped into the permission that God has granted you to enjoy your life. I think for a lot of us, we have this feeling like, well, if I enjoy my life, I might not be serious about Jesus. And don't miss the fact you meet a whole bunch of grumpy Christians who will make sure that if you're having fun, it ain't Jesus, you know? It's like because, you know, you follow Jesus, you got to be as boring as a stick in the mud. You know, God forbid you laugh, you know? You know? And there's a lot of people like that, where it's almost like everything's like, oh, no, no. Like, it's like, like, they think that everything in God's kingdom is no, when that's not the case at all. Like, you're going to see here, first you get liberty, and then you get one prohibition. And God is amazing that way. And brothers and sisters, I want you to enjoy the life that God has given you under the sun. If you're married, I want you to enjoy the spouse of your youth. If you have kids, I want you to enjoy those crazy people. You know, if you have a job, I want you to enjoy it. If you're single, I want you to enjoy the fact that God has you single. You know what I mean? Like, like there is a life that we have been granted permission to enjoy this side of eternity. And there's a whole lot of people who follow Jesus who aren't enjoying anything. And that's missing the point. That's why the Apostle Paul could say in 1 Corinthians chapter six, verse 12, and 1 Corinthians 10, verse 23, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought into the power of any. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Do you see what Paul's saying? He's saying, listen, I've been given freedom in Christ, whom the sun sets free is free indeed, and I, all things are lawful, but not all things will help me. See, the beauty of freedom is that not everything that you utilize within your realm of freedom is good for you. You can do it, but it's not the best thing for you. And that's the beauty of freedom. And see, and that's the beauty of the gospel. See, since the apostle Paul Went around the Roman Empire and was preaching the grace of God, people would come up and say, No, you can't preach that grace stuff because when grace is involved, people are gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna push the envelope. And when there's grace, they're gonna, they need some rules. Right? And you know what's amazing? Even though Paul wrote Galatians and he wrote Romans, he got all these books in there, you go, you can find a lot of churches that tell you, no, 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 it's not about grace, good old-fashioned law. Let me put the boundaries around you, because if you have freedom in Christ, all bets are off. You know any churches like that? Yeah. People come like, oh, man, you know, like, you know, like that, that liberty stuff is bad. I mean, like, man, pastors, you need, you need, you need you to cut your hair, you know. God forbid you have any liberty in Christ. I was talking to a guy like that just the other day. I'm like, you know, in the Bible, it says that guys aren't supposed to cut the size of their hair, so you the sinner, I'm like, I'm the only righteous guy in the room. Now, don't tweet that. Don't tweet that. You get me in trouble. You get me in trouble. But listen, you have liberty in Christ. Jesus bought that for you at the cross. And I believe that God wants you to enjoy it. Permission's been granted. Jesus is
0: Today, Pastor Daniel brought us back to the beginning. When you want to know why man was placed on earth and what his purpose is, what better place to look? So we went back to Adam in the garden and saw what God did with him and what directions God gave him. The first thing we learned is that man was created with work in mind. The work you've been given to do is a blessing from the hand of God. Hey, everybody, Pastor Daniel here, lead pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington, We would love to
1: connect with you in person. We have services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. If you are not able to join us in person, connect with us online at live.crossroadschurch.net or find us on Facebook at Go, the number two, and Crossroads.
0: Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share the other three things to think about from Adam's time in the garden. First, God gave him permission to enjoy the garden. God has given you permission to enjoy your life. Next, don't mess with the things that bring you to death instead of life, like the tree Adam was supposed to leave alone. And the last one is that you were created to be in loving relationships. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Field Notes. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.